A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Welcome to the Star Wars Film Festival, where the lore hounds your guides to a galaxy far, far away. I'm David, and this is our coverage of the Star Wars Holiday Special from 1978. In this podcast, we're joined by Anthony and Steve from Properly Howard Movie Review to marvel at this one-of-a-kind television offering. (laughs) If you haven't seen the Holiday Special before, I highly recommend you check it out. You should be able to find it on YouTube, quick search. It's probably going to be 90 minutes of your life that you wish you could get back if you you do watch it. But we've got a lot of fun on this podcast, and it is a wonder to see this strange creation from a Lucasfilm. Anyway, if you're interested in supporting us and maybe having ad-free episodes and access to other exclusive content, visit us at patreon.com slash the lorehounds. We'd also love to ask you if you could leave us a rating and or a review on Apple Podcasts. Ratings and reviews help people find our podcasts, especially during the hustle bustle around the Life Day celebrations. If you want to get in touch with us, you can send emails to Wars at thelorehounds.com or head over to our website and there you can use the voicemail feature or the contact form. We've also got a Discord server. We've got channels set up for all the shows and projects that we're covering. We've got a fun and welcoming community. Links in the show notes below. Without further ado, let's join our hosts, Steve and Anthony. So we're covering the holiday special, uh, Star Wars style. And there's a lot to say about this, but I'd like to introduce the folks in the room first. Uh, John, say hello. Hello. Hello, and you know, <laughs> very good, very good. Um, and uh, Steve, hello, hello. I would, yeah. I would make a Wookiee noise, but I've heard way too many. Happy Life Day, all. <laughs> Happy Life Day to all of you. I'd like to start with um, a question for each of you. Um, uh, you, the life gift choice of your, you know, your dreams, but it has to come from this special. So, what would you want? <laughs> You can have you can have the life day choice uh, gift of your choice. However, it has to have been featured in the Star Wars holiday special. Uh, David, we'll start with you. 
Um, I'm thinking that uh, Radio Shack style special gift that Lumpy had that he used to make the uh, communicator with. <laughs> now, now I watched I, I watched a 20 minute instructional video on that. Um, I still don't know what it does. What is this thing? It was a transmitter of some kind, and uh, but I if to me what it looked like was a pure piece of nostalgia ripped right from the pages of the Radio Shack Christmas catalog of those <laughs> right. kits that had the little springs on the board and the little wires and, you know, and everything was sort of built in. And then you could, depending on how you rewired it, it could make a light turn on or it could make some weird synthesizer. Or it could noises. fool the Galactic Empire. Or it could if, fool the Galactic Empire. If need Empire. be, right? And get the, get the goons out of your house, you know? So, Steve, uh, your, cho- your choice of a Life Day gift. Uh, one last uh, drink and dance with B. Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you mentioned B. Arthur because, my friend, we have a little bit of B. Arthur. Just one more round, friend. Then a homeward bound, friend. Don't forget me in your dreams. Just one more song, friend. And then so long, friend. The nights get shorter, it seems. Just one more rhyme, friend. Yes, it's a crime, friend. But you know time, friend. Time can fly. So it's good night, friend. Good night, but not goodbye. So what? What every Star Wars, <laughs> what every Star Wars uh, sequel needs is a little bit of B. Arthur. I think that that's maybe a great place to begin this. Well, uh, I think it's really important to note that this special had performances by Jefferson Starship and Diane Carroll and and uh, and later uh, Carrie Fisher. But without question, B. Arthur had the only certified banger of the song. Absolutely. I was, was going to say, like, what I just played, th- those were the best 30 seconds of this special. <laughs> yeah. And... Outside and, of watching Harvey <laughs> Corman drink through the top of his skull, which was, yeah, that was, was pretty a nice special. touch, yeah. But the whole thing attachment is like, why are we leaving this? This is this is fantastic. I want to see what happens. They're about to get shut down, but no one wants to leave. This is amazing. That, that, that was the, that was the example of of how much better you have it under imperial rule, right? I'm like, are you? I, you're kind of missing it here. So, uh, John, you're a little bit younger. Do you know who B. Arthur is? I had no idea at all. Uh, all I could think about through this whole movie was. We just went through a couple strikes in the industry, and we talk a lot about you know AI and the importance of human writers. If Disney wanted to devalue the writers' arguments, they could have just put this movie out because I've never seen a better case for maybe we should pay the writers less. <laughs> I was thinking at the end of this, I was like, I I love every Marvel movie better. Now, I knew. <laughs> oh my God, John, John basically said the subtitle for this is just called "It's It's the Star Wars Holiday Special," otherwise known as "Human Error." <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a lot to say. You know, it's not like this is not like the perfect hour and a half of television. But I will say, 
when I watched it for the very first time this morning, I never laughed. I haven't laughed this hard in <laughs> that's great a long time. I was just at the comedy cellar a couple weeks ago. Nothing I saw there was, was as funny as this. This was fantastic. I'm curious, did has anybody seen this prior? Have any of the three of you seen this no. before? I've not. I've seen eight minutes of the beginning, okay. and I'm like, I, I imagine it gets better, but I'm not willing to gamble <laughs> that. So I just, I mean, we, it is just a trudge in the beginning of just squealing and really popping. Is. I mean, had you told me that eventually, you know, uh, uh, Itchy was going to get into a VR <laughs> sex booth, I'd be like, oh, okay, now I'm in. You know, good, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm so glad that you mentioned the VR sex booth. Uh, There's Steve? no way we're not talking about that like for the rest of this bug. Oh, oh, <laughs> loaded up the soundboard. Well, just relax, just relax. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> I didn't like that. Just imagine an aging Wookie about to masturbate. Oh no! I'm pretty sure actively, right? Because we only see his his face at one point. We had, in 1978, we were so excited for this, and we had no idea what to make of it after we watched this. <laughs> she says, I find you adorable, and then he rewinds it like three oh, yeah. times. <laughs> we all we all have a certain spot in a certain uh, movie that we just want to keep watching over and over again until we just can't anymore, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so I think that uh, I should maybe give a brief synopsis of the plot. <laughs> Fair enough. Is there one? <laughs> and you tell me how I do here. So um, Chewbacca. Arnie from the Art Carney from the Honeymooners helps an old Wookiee get off. <laughs> that is part of the movie. That is pretty much. Uh, che Chewbacca is delayed on his way to Life Day. There's a lot of delay in this. Uh, and in, Chewie's family is harassed by Imperial troops, uh, but the Empire is fooled by a traveling salesman who <laughs> who helps them eventually celebrate life day is that that's a bit that's basically the plot right mm -hmm. but they thought well we need to spice that up with several instructional videos <laughs> and a cooking show and uh, uh don't forget the holographic chessboard circus uh, yeah i was really what glad was to that? oh yeah i was, was really that? really happy to see yul brenner get some work as the <laughs> green elf <laughs> i sent a screenshot to david with the caption what <laughs> of that scene that's where see i wasn't hooked before then that's what hooked me that's what hooked i you. was like i now i'm in because I yeah. got to know what this is. Marilyn even saw the screenshot and said, can someone explain to me what's happening in this scene? And honestly, the, I kind of can't. Look, there's a little something for everyone in this movie. I, want, yeah. I just want to call that out. Mostly for no one. <laughs> the biggest thing I took away from this movie was that the drugs in 1978 were fucking amazing. <laughs> because they somebody walked into that writer's room and said, which drugs would you like? And they said, yes. <laughs> I, one, one of the reviews that I read about it was that it, it looks like it was uh, written, produced, and directed by a sentient bag of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So I do but want I think to... cocaine has a better editor. 
<laughs> I do want to <laughs> give Steve a little bit of room to cook here. Steve, do you know the history behind this? Maybe you can fill us in on how this gets made. Well, I, I think the words cash and grab are part of it. Um, there is. Yep. So this I, and my understanding is that Lucas or he had already planned to do. He wanted to do a sequel that was all Wookiees. Mm-hmm. He wanted it all to be on Kashyyyk and he wanted it all to be Wookiees. And and so this is sort of what they were able to kind of extract from him was this idea. Yeah. And um, Bruce Valanche was one of the writers. Um, and he was really not keen on doing an extended extended scenes with Wookiees with no subtitles. But Lucas was pretty adamant about it. Like, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to do it this way. Um and what a visionary, right? I mean, I tell you that uh, <laughs> that beginning sequence where they're just sort of living and screaming at each other. Mm, All right, so that's, that's a good time. I'd like to take a moment and just analyze this for a bit. Here we go. This is my favorite part coming up here. I think subtitles would have ruined this. He doesn't want to take out the garbage. Right. Well, who wants to do yeah, kitchen chores? He wants... A cookie, a, a Wookie cookie. Is that a what cookie, cookie. Edibles. Cookie edibles. And it goes on like that for Ever. twenty minutes. <laughs> no subtitles. It's a very interesting world that they live in, or that they've created. It's a very like seems like a typical nineteen seventy eight like home. Yep. with all the amenities for humans except clothing and <laughs> and it, well they have aprons apparently that's a thing and it's just it's remarkable getting what, batter uh, out of your fur is, is a real pain <laughs> it's like all that peanut butter to get the gum out i know yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a nightmare or if you're yeah, frying I, if you're doing a deep fry oil frying thing it's bad yeah boy i just who would have i mean i'm watching this thing and again i turned this thing off when i first saw it like a year ago cuz i was like what's going to happen but then you're like oh you're going to watch Jefferson Starship perform the worst Jefferson Starship song. And that's saying <laughs> a lot. And, and then, and then when Art Carney just comes in and goes, Hey, you know, itchy plug in and, you know, have at yourself. It's an amazing uh, choice. Like there's just so many amazing choices. It's just, it's, it's wild to me that they, this was all laid out on a storyboard and they're like, yeah, that's, for sure what we want to do for kids. I wonder how much it was storyboarded and not just made up sort of on the spot or, you know, a few days before. Cause it sounded like they changed directors as yep. well. The first right. guy yeah, didn't know what he was doing with television. And so the second guy who is a specialist in variety. Was that shows? the problem? Is it- <laughs> yeah, one this was when they had the one specialist, up. by the way. Yeah. But this is classic uh, variety show formatting. Right. This is, you know, a a hallmark of the of the genre and of the of the time frame. The trouble is also now canon. It's Star Wars canon. Yeah, there's no host, though. And without anyone kind of telling you what's how this is all pieced together. It 
it's a pro it's a it's, it's problematic. A <laughs> it really is disturbing. It's uh, you know, I I gotta tell everybody. First of all, we're early in the podcast still. If you haven't seen this, you can get the whole thing on YouTube. Yeah, it is just out full out on there. And um, the top comment I think really <laughs> describes public sentiment about this. It has sixteen thousand likes, and it says Disney and Lucasfilm won't strike this down because it would mean admitting that they own it. i'm glad that you mentioned the house steve i i would live in that treehouse that treehouse is fantastic everything would you live in it if you had to live with itchy and lumpy (laughs) i'll tell you what i'd live it i'd live with mala for sure mala can get it (laughs) i love mala why why does the kid Kajiki, the kid Wookiee have a full set of human teeth instead of the fangs oh, of the Wookiees? Wow, I didn't that was that. disturbing to me. It the looked like he had the like half a fake of the has fingernails. <laughs> so we're talking about Lumpy. Um I I just love everything about Lumpy. I think he's I think he could be repurposed for many, many horror movies. <laughs> I don't know why there isn't a lumpy horror franchise. Uh, this this guy is just horrific to look at. <laughs> the Phantom Lumpy. I guess uh, his full name is Lumpwaru. Lumpwaru. L u m p a w a r o o. Put some respect on that name, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I when I say that there are several instructional videos in this film, I'm not joking. We had an instructional video for how to assemble a transistor, right? Transmitter, yeah. Transmitter, right? And uh, we had an instructional cooking show, uh, for instance. Now, today... I'm going to be using the tenderest cut of the bantha, the loin. The loin is very tasty and serves four nicely. Of course, if your family has a hearty appetite, I would suggest then that old popular holiday favorite, the bantha rump. Uh, Harvey Harvey Corman was not mailing it in on this episode, I'll tell you that right now. They gave him a bag of cocaine. (laughs) So the plot of this is that... that Chewie is delayed to Life Day. They can't yeah. celebrate Life Day without him. And the Imperial troops need to be tricked in order to make that happen. That mm-hmm. story can be told in literally 40 seconds. <laughs> they decided what we need to do to spice this up is insert a, a cooking show, uh, several different instructional videos, uh, a, a song Music from videos. Mm-hmm. Jefferson Starship. Um, <laughs> B. Arthur singing. <laughs> this is on the level of the Sergeant Pepper's movie. Don't forget the uh, Boba Fett cartoon, which is Boba Fett's first appearance on yeah, what a What a debut. <laughs> Voiced by Canada's own Iron Buffalo. Is that right? Yeah. I had no idea. So the the other thing that I want to talk about with this is that this is a very paternalistic approach to Wookiee culture. Mm-hmm. I feel like 
Finally, we're getting to it. I feel like the humans in this show. These Wookiees are doing fine, by the way. Like they've got cooking shows. They've got they've got like advanced technology. They're living in trees. And yet we have scenes like this. Mala, are, are you alone? If you would permit me. No, she says she is not alone. She's with a friend. <laughs> Could he come to the screen, please? Good afternoon, ma'am. I'm Sondan, a local trader, a friend of the rebellion, and a member of the alliance. Good. Look, I know I can count on you to take care of my friends until their leader returns. You'll do that for me, won't you? Yes, indeed, ma'am. That's what I'm here for. She's expressing her warmth towards the trader. So let's break this down. A local salesman is in the house. He says he's a friend of the Alliance, and she's just happy that there's a human there to look after her friends? This sounds like the plot of Wicked. <laughs> Why? Why does she trust him implicitly? I know that Art Carney has a likable face. Why does she trust him immediately and implicitly? Well, I think that that's they must shop there at his shop quite frequently or something. She's that never be... met this guy before. You're talking about Princess Leia. Your, your head cannon. Princess Leia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Princess Leia has never met this guy before. She thinks in order for this Wookiee family to, to survive, mm -hmm. they need some supervision. By human... Oh, look, a traveling salesman is hanging out in their living room. That's what we need. I trust you. You're going to take care of my friends. Doesn't he say something about being a sympathizer or part of the rebellion or something like that? So he, he does. That's the that's the key that unlocks it for for Leia, right? Because I mean, once you say that, it must be true. There's no question that uh, Mala and Arkani are are having an illicit affair, though, right? We know this. Oh, we know oh, that's no, why no. she doesn't. That's no, why she I, doesn't need the VR headset. Exactly. I'm sorry, why don't you Steve. Just they're itchy, uh, <laughs> put Lumpy in front of his little uh, his little chessboard. We're gonna throw Itchy into the old hair dryer of, of pornography, and then uh, and then when they when she gets interrupted and he's <laughs> oh, I'm I'm with a friend. Hey, he's a he's a rebel sympathizer. If you know what I mean. It, it, first, it was the intrusive call by Leia. Then it was the Imperials showing up. Poor Mala couldn't get her life day on before exactly. her husband got home. See, I was going to say, and I was going to argue for this pretty vociferously, I'm certain that Lumpy is the love child of Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> <Mala>. Oh, Han Solo. <laughs> no, just, just hear me out here. All right, so all right. when Han comes in, mm -hmm. who does... Lumpy go to initially. Ooh, he goes and hugs call. Han Solo. Han Solo picks him up. Very familiar with this yeah. child. The and then it would explain the teeth for sure. <laughs> and then hands him say, "Here's your father." And then a little bit later, Mala and Han have a knowing glance, mm. <laughs> and the the camera hangs on her face just a little bit too long, and it's almost like, "Yeah, we know." We get it. <laughs> I cannot fault your logic here. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in on the series. Can we, can we talk more about the Wookiee family? Chewbacca 
you know, I get that he's fighting the rebellion right now and he's he's important. He spends another 30 years with Han Solo away from his family after Basically. the rebellion is over mm-hmm. and then continues to travel the galaxy with Rey, someone who wasn't even born at this time. His family's just like, where's where's Chewbacca? I, I guess it, it doesn't matter. He's well, I was going to ask father. you guys, uh, how many families does Chewbacca have throughout the galaxy? <laughs> like This can't be his only family, right? This is number seven, yeah. I love the idea that there's going to be a whole Disney like a short series about just lumpy like on the streets, <laughs> you know, just just fighting through drug addiction, you know, getting in run, one bad group after another. When are we going to see Lumpy in <laughs> on the Disney Plus platform? <laughs> I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to see him making cogs Ooh. in some station somewhere. I mean, when you're absentee father, broken family, all of that stuff, you know, uh, terrorized by the Imperials, it's a short, it's a short slide into uh, malfeasance and delinquency. So back I to the. Say, I will say that the Imperial forces are a little less terrifying in this particular case. I mean, <laughs> they do constantly want to put a gun in in uh, a Wookiee face, but. If you just if you've got a nice little like you know if you can if you can get them to watch MTV for a little bit they'll they'll just sort of chill. Uh, occasionally they'll just they'll mess up a room and then tell them, why don't you go clean up your room and then he says that'll buy some time like for what bro yeah they're they're just basically bullies in this show. Hello little guy, uh, where's your daddy? <laughs> <laughs> Please, have no respect for authority. Excuse me, I beg your pardon. Maybe you know my brother's boy. He's a member of the Imperial uh, Militia. He must be 24 or 25 years old, but now he loves the service. Great little guy. Your identification is in order. You can go now. Thank you. Thank you very much. I just have a little more work to finish up here. And uh, Oh, by the way, uh, while I'm finishing up here, uh, why don't you boys uh, take it easy, relax, put your feet up, and uh, make yourself to home. Uh, Wookiee food isn't the greatest, but I'm sure that I can whip something up in the kitchen there that we can all eat. <laughs> uh, you don't mind, do you, Mala? <laughs> Come on, you're coming to catch it up, <laughs> Poor at, this point, afraid, at this point, I'm afraid we're going to get another cooking video. <laughs> can can we go back Mala? to the cooking video for a minute? Because <laughs> it was inspiring, now, honestly. Today, I mean, I'm going to be using the tenderest cut of the when when I was, you know, the age of Lumpy, I uh, <laughs> had Sicilian grandparents and a Sicilian great aunt and a great uncle. And I would go over to visit them uh, on on Christmas Day. And you would go over to this house. And my great uncle, who was 90 years old since I was seven and he lived another 30 years. Not really. But um, he had (laughs) three teeth. He had a heavy Sicilian accent. And he couldn't hear anything. And he had Julia Childs on. Full volume. (laughs) So I have this man shouting things at me. In a broken English, no teeth accent. So you were related to Itchy, it sounds like. This was my experience. So I felt very at home in Chewbacca's home. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking as a fellow Italian, I I do, uh, you know, there is something about the Wookiee culture that that really does appeal (laughs) to me. It feels like home. Well, yeah, I mean, I can make a bunch of Italian jokes, but uh, I think you. I think you <laughs> well, get speaking idea. again of the uh, paternalism, I do want to talk about uh, this one here. It's me, Sean Dan. <laughs> Hi, Eugene. I'm 
brought you that proton pack, you know, for the, uh, the, the what's this, the, what you might call it, the, the thingamabob. The mind evaporator, that's it, the mind evaporator. Boy, am I glad to see you folks. Oh, how my favorite Wookiees today. Why all the long, hairy faces? I do like, I do like that they decided we're going to do a Star Wars special. We're going to make Art Carney the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's and, like, and, and if say- he doesn't remember his lines, that's fine. It's totally fine. He can flub his way through it. The lead credit is Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Totally, totally does not to be, need to be in this movie. No. And what, is- what was with the hair and the makeup for him? Mm-hmm. Well, that was the most scary part of this. His eyes were dead. There was something wrong with <laughs> Mark Hamill. was his car accident, I'm wondering. Oh. You know? I think it was a little after this, though. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because it had to be during, like, right before filming for uh, Empire, for Empire yeah. and that was when that was probably, probably like a, probably a year after this. I'm thinking. Right. He's deeply depressed. He takes a few uppers. He records this. He leaves the studio and immediately crashes his car. Yeah, this would this would have been considered a Corvette winter for him. This was the inciting event for that car accident. Yeah, <laughs> filming this. So Art Carney seems to be like the most important character in this whole show. You know, you've got Carrie Fisher. Yes. You know, you've, you've got all of the key components to this. You've got Harrison Ford. Oh my gosh. You've got Harrison Ford. Are we going to make any of them the lead that's integral to make this thing work? No. Who are we going to make it? Let's bring in Art Carney to do it. He's going to be a traveling trader who works at a glorified radio shack. He's going to use his gadgets to fool the empire. And by the way, we've got B. Arthur. What can we have her do? Well, she can be the waitress at tattooing. I don't, I don't understand the rationale that went behind this special. It was who, what, the, what budget did they have and who could they get? I mean, what was Art Carney doing at this stage in his career? Harvey Corman was certainly at an apex though. This was during the solid years of his, his work. So that's why he, that's why he gets three roles. That's why he got three. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you could have easily had Corman in the Carney role, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that, so that's the thing that's, it's interesting is that, is that they know the power of Corman, but they use him, they use him uh, very, very selectively. And, I and mean, remotely, he, I don't think he, he was live on the set at all. This was all pre-recorded right. all his, well, bit. other thing I think is, is kind of fascinating by this to Anthony's point. Like, okay, you've got these, you have the stars of this movie, right? And, and so I could I could see on one hand you go okay well they're real busy or the budget is such that they're only they're going to do a couple of pre-recorded things and that's going to be it right and we'll just shoehorn it in but they're in like a bit right I mean they're they're uh, you know Harrison Ford shows up on yeah, on set seen, for yeah, you know other. and and then they have their their little sequence at the end I mean so they're not not available. And it is an interesting thing to say, hey, you know what seems to be really popular right now is the Star Wars film with all these young characters and these young actors. Is there any way we could appeal to an audience that doesn't like Star Wars? Let's get Art Carney, B. Arthur, and Harvey Korman. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a, 
It's a bold move. It's a bold move, especially when they're like, but, but before we start it, we're going to, we're going to have it, uh, the first 20 minutes appeal to absolutely nobody. Cause it's just going to be a bunch of guns and groans. <laughs> and it's, it's, it, it's so colossally misguided that it almost feels like an, like one of the earliest trolls, like, you know, just something where they just, like, there's no way testing the power of the fan base. Let's see what you got. Yeah. What, what I love most that I read on the Wikipedia article was just that they aired this thing once in its entirety and yeah. never again did it air on TV. Yep. Never. And I was there for it. We were there at eight o'clock. Oh, you, you so you I saw this live. live. You I watched did. This live. Okay. Yep. Did you see all of the commercials that uh, that were was in the recording that we saw? In the copy that we got, no, because I believe this copy that uh, we found was from a Baltimore mm. station. I I caught one of the uh, title cards, one of the cards of one of the uh. news breaks, um, and I was out on the West Coast when because we I could just rewatch there. those commercials over and over. Those were fabulous. Yeah, there, there were some really good commercials. Yeah, Which is those, I watched it on YouTube, so. See, like now, now that's what right. I'm missing out. Yep. Yeah, the labor union stuff was great. I mean, we could do a whole analysis. We could do a whole hour, an hour and a half on just the commercials. The All the, what was it? Was it Chevrolet uh, building? Oh, the GM building? commercials. Yeah. 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 Building GM transportation sponsored for people. It, right? They, uh, were I they think the initial? The, the initial title screen, it says GM produced or whatever, something like that. It was, uh, so as soon as I saw that on the title screen, I went, okay, I have set my expectations for this. This is going to be a money grab. And it absolutely was. Wow. Building transportation to serve people. People building transportation to serve people. That was GM's motto during the, the commercial breaks. So this was 78, correct? Yeah. 78? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. So this comes out almost just right after. Maybe... Maybe Star Wars is still in the theater for the second run. So completely unbeknownst to, I think, all of us when we were trying to figure out a day to record our podcast, Uh this was released on November 17th, 1978. And today is Mm, the day of our recording, November 17th. You know what? Wow. Uh, 45 years ago. It today. is life day right now. It is life day. <laughs> David, I, I, I have something for you here. <laughs> that was Diane Carroll saying, I find you adorable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I find you adorable. Oh, there she is. There. I'll just keep rewinding that over and over yeah. again. I love the commercials. Uh, every now and again, you'll see like the news pop in for like a like a twenty second spot. They, they used news to break. do this, yeah. But it wasn't like like breaking news. It was news like um, nine months ago. Nurses at the local hospital thought there would be a boom of child uh, children being born <laughs> because of the snowstorm. <laughs> Turns out there wasn't. More of this on this at ten. You know, sort of like. <laughs> <laughs> that passes for news. <laughs> I miss I miss the days when that was news. When nurses thought something, they were wrong. Let's go to somebody on the street. And then there was like mm-hmm. this little joke. It's like the nurses now say that the men must have all been outside shoveling. Right. That was it. <laughs> that, that, that's what they decided to break. This was like prime time, right? And Timmy in the writers' room is like, "That'll get him. That'll that'll get him <laughs> chuckling." So yeah, you had an opportunity, like the, the men must have been inside watching Diane Carroll on their sex machine. 
I, now, I have another YouTube comment here. Okay. Uh, imagine trying, imagine setting your VCR to record the Hulk and you get this. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. They bump the Hulk and Wonder Woman. And Wonder, Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. That's right. Oh, goodness. The, so, one of the things you missed, though, John, too, but I, I would I would ask you to go back and watch this again, the copy that we got. I'm never watching ads, this again in my yep, entire life. Exactly. I'm going to be honest with you. You've got to at least watch the commercials. <laughs> you missed all the Kenner toy ads. I don't okay. know. Maybe we'll slice it up for you. All right. So one of the things that I was super excited about with this was to kind of see how much technology had made its way to the tree culture of the of the the Wookies. Yeah, and shag carpeting too. I, I man, fantastic. Just just a wonderful amalgamation of of a lot of different forms of technology. Lumpy can push a button and up on a yellow screen that says no spaceships nearby. <laughs> right. He's got that. And yet they've got no idea who's on the other side of the door. Like, like there's, <laughs> there's no way. There's no way that it's just like, there's a knock at the door and you've got to go up to the door and listen at the door to see if something about what's happening over there will clue you in to whether they're villainous or a friend. And guess what? The music betrays you. The music will tell you it's a friend when really it's an Imperial trooper. But when the music is ominous, it's going to be Art McCarty. <laughs> so, <laughs> I loved I loved all the technology in this. It made me. No, but they didn't have any. Uh, I, you're living that far up. And I did love this part with Lumpy preferencing how high up they were by walking on the railing for no particular purpose right. whatsoever, except suicidal. A, that's what happens when dad's gone. That's right. Except as a, uh, uh, Chekhov's banister railing mm -hmm. for the trooper who takes a fall <laughs> in the third act. And I love how Han Solo does this. It's like, right. he kind of like gestures toward the gun. Like, I'm going to get it. Are you going to get it? <laughs> <laughs> Then the guy just goes right through the railing. Ah. <laughs> oh, well, happy life day. Lumpy doesn't have to worry about blasters. His veneers could reflect any bolt back at them. <laughs> it is funny how, like, there's this all the, you know, who shot first controversy because of all the edits. But, like, even on <laughs> this, the holiday, Han's just killing fools. <laughs> in, front of, in front of, of children. children. I mean, it's just a... It's a <laughs> Oh, goodness. <laughs> Uncle Hans at it again. <laughs> so um, I don't, David, did we ever get your preferred life day gift? Did you, did you chime in on that at all? Me? Yeah, yeah. I had the Radio Shack. I, th I think uh, I was the one who didn't. Yeah, John and I'll, I'll take the Millennium Falcon. That'll be fine. All right. That, oh, yeah, come yeah, on. That's no, nice. I'm that's... just kidding. I would say um, I, I would take whatever the contents were of uh, the Julia Child's cooking show pot, because <laughs> I just need to know what's in there. That's better. That's better. I just think that the right choice here is the groomer. The groomer does oh. tons of things. Okay. The groomer brushes your teeth oh, and the groomer. It, cl it clips your toenails. And That's right. <laughs> it, That's a it, good call. It's basically like a tricorder for the Wookiees. And... <laughs> This thing does almost everything. Oh, it, it serves a lot of functions. Just ask Mala. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps breaking them. That's why she's <laughs> always shopping. <laughs> shopping. 
That uh, that Imperial Trooper in his shop though did have a nice mustache, so I think he could have definitely. Oh, we need to talk about that guy. So that guy's you never see his mouth move, right? So clearly they they didn't like his voice. They decided they were going to dub his some other voice in. My my wife and I watched it together. She fell asleep about two thirds of the way through the last half hour. Didn't that's that's really surprising. Um. And uh, she said, why isn't that guy speaking? And I said, well, they probably would have had to pay him scale of some kind, you know, for being an on-screen speaking p- uh, part. I was just going to say, like, that's that's what they decided to change in post? Like, that, <laughs> <they> <laughs> did, pay like, that one guy $6.75 less than... They really <laughs> wanted his face. They thought his mustache... That's a mustache made for television. So. That is an imperial... But for some reason, his mustache. voice was just so off-putting. They had to dub over his voice. And they hired James Earl Jones for this. This legendary voice actor, he ends up still in this holiday special. Okay, I have a question about that. Do you get the sense that this is all original? Because I felt like there was a bunch Ooh. of like deleted scenes from the original. No, they, they spliced in a whole lot from 77. Yeah, so right. Lucasfilm basically, as, as I understand it, said to them, Everything you want, costumes, uh, uh, weapons, right. anything, and the full library of the movie. And so I think that at the end, it's just like a whole bunch of sliced yeah. up stuff of, of 77 just, you know, edited into it without any rhyme or reason. Smart, smart move. So that's, your, that's your memory, right? Because you're not. Exactly. Because if you're at home, you're not, you're not seeing it on TV. There's no uh, VHS rentals. You'd have to go back exactly. to the theater. So, so, you, so that's actually kind of a big deal when you would get like a taste of, of a film like that um, back in those days because uh, you didn't really have access to it other than your memories. And so, so that was actually probably like a huge treat at the end. Uh, and it would have to be after the the hot mm. garbage that you just <laughs> had to sit through. And we were starving at this point, right? We were, we'd seen it. It had been our life. We had all the action figures and to have it on screen, to have anything Star Wars on screen right. was a big deal. And so and this, to this see- is definitely anything Star Wars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I would not have been shocked if you told me that this was the last film they ever made because nobody came to Empire Strikes Back. Right. It was yes. it's like that bad. <laughs> That's why they never showed it again. Forget that. Well, uh, gents, is there anything else that you feel like uh, you would like to say about this little cultural moment? Within the Star Wars uniform, Itchy's face is nightmare fuel for me. Oof, is yeah. that is that the the one that's like always mugging? He's that's he's the like, grandpa. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. the grandpa. It is nightmare fuel. Yeah, why does he look like that? <laughs> Just why does he look like that? What? Why do you need to do that? Between that and the fucking veneers, I'm just like, who, who thought of this? Well, I do want to say that it is that face that Diane Carroll says this. <laughs> <laughs> that's the face that diane carroll finds adorable man that that sequence like okay so this is a, so i'm i'm watching this right i've got i'm i'm working from home i got computers on all over the place i got this plane and and i'm right at the the diane carroll scene when my daughter walks in <laughs> and i'm trying to explain it in a way that that doesn't make me look like oh my dad's a creep yeah. and and 
as I'm telling her what's actually happening, I'm like, God, this, this is, I should have lied. I, <laughs> I should have said I was watching pornography. This is way worse. She would have understood. Yeah. She's yeah. like, no, I get it. And I'm like, no, no, there's an old Wookiee and, uh, and, 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 and a guy from the honeymooners well past his prime. And he's helping him create Diane Carroll in his mind. <laughs> and she's appreciative, real appreciative. John, do you have any last parting <laughs> comments about this particular bit of art? I I'm breathless. I'm speechless because I I will never watch this again in my entire life, but I'm so glad that I watched it once <laughs> because it is an it's incredible it it is so bad that it's good. You yeah. know, it's just so bad that it's fun to watch and just make fun of it. John, uh, speak, speaking of imagery that you mentioned, uh, uh, David, about the uh, the chess game, rewatch the very beginning of the Jefferson Starship uh, video where it's just the silhouette of the uh -huh. lead singer with a just absolutely oh, yeah. <laughs> phallic <laughs> microphone. Bleeding. Right. It is, it is like I'm like, come on. Who is like now? I'm like, OK, that's Bruce Valanche's uh, 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 bit of writing, I promise. <laughs> it's totally, totally phallic looking. I completely <laughs> saw that. So crazy. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm curious though, John, with the Boba Fett cartoon, the, what is it? The loyal Wookiee or mm -hmm. um, the story of the faithful Wookiee, the animation style, uh, as somebody who watches a lot of animation, did you, what did you make of that style? It was, it was very much of the time, you know, uh -huh. like if you, if you go back, I used to watch some of the old Hulk cartoon and things like that. It's the same thing. Um, it was, it was fine. I, I prefer the, it, it, I think it kind of laid the groundwork for the original clone war series, not the one that's 3d animated, but the one that is more like samurai Jack. Uh -huh. Um, mm. but yeah, I think, I think it's, it's fine, but I would not, go back to that i think that they've done better since has anybody seen the original uh heavy metal animated rock oh, music yeah. So yeah this to me was right out of, this could have been one of the vignettes in there the lochnar right. could have been the talisman as far as i was concerned mm. it would have fit perfectly yeah that definitely yeah definitely of, of an era right i mean that yeah um and and i mean the whole time i'm just like man these droids are really really flexible <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of droids, I love how the beginning sequence, it's like, you know, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Gary Fisher, Peter Mayhew, Anthony Daniels, and R2-D2. <laughs> yes. Well, they say R2-D2 as R2-D2. Yeah, right. yeah. All right. I have one more thing that I want to talk about before we go, and that is the reason why B. Arthur is in this at all is that the Empire has broken in. They've interrupted all of the programming on every household because they want to boost Empire morale right. by showing a bit of reality television. <laughs> so this is True. this is what this is what they say here. The following live broadcast is recommended by the Imperial Council in the belief that your commitment to remain upstanding citizens will be reinforced. It is required viewing for all members of the Imperial Forces. Time now for Life on Tatooine, brought to viewers everywhere in the hope that our own lives may be uplifted by the comparison and enriched with the gratitude of relief. 
This transmission is unrehearsed and unedited and is hereby begun without further comment as to its lack of moral value. So what's the what's the idea here? It's like we're going to put this into every living room hoping that there's an imperial troop who might benefit from this because it is required for every bit of the, every, all of the imperial guard has to watch this. And the hope is that they will view the life on Tatooine and see how horrible it is and have a more positive view of the Empire. Is that the idea mm-hmm. here? Yeah. Also, can, can I ask if there's a reality show on Tatooine, they couldn't figure out that the guy's named Skywalker were, you, you know, you, you can't. Darth Vader is not like tuning in to this mandatory broadcast being like, and then Owen, the Skywalkers have the ranch over here. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> that name sounds familiar. They've got no idea what's going to happen because this is all happening in real time. So they don't know what how B. Arthur is going to react to this, but they decide that we're going to put this on television with the hope that whatever might happen in real time will end up increasing Imperial morale across the galaxy. The only way that I could see this increasing morale is that all the troopers are seeing all these people who've been ordered to go home are not going home. So we get to stomp Uh, some more skulls. (laughs) (laughs) All you're doing is radicalizing the population of Tatooine, all these people who just want to hang out and drink. And then the stupid empire is making us go home. I'm not sure how this is helping. Maybe we uh, are just out of context. You know, we don't have the surrounding broadcast, 90 Day Outer Rim Fiance. (laughs) You've got got the Real Housewives of Naboo. (laughs) We're we're missing all the context. Troops. Because if this is meant to make me feel better about my life, I feel like this is not necessarily working. I feel a lot of empathy for B. Arthur's position. I feel like... She's she's working hard at a night job and hard she's for her money un unruly clientele. You got a guy with a hole in his head who's <laughs> making advances. She does not want the advances. She she's ha- she has a hard life and I feel I feel sorry for her. I don't feel like I want to go into her business establishment and stomp skulls. I imagine that there are some stormtroopers out there who see this and think maybe this isn't the right career choice. Maybe I should, <laughs> maybe I should be on the side of someone like B. Arthur. Right. Right. I don't know. I know what would make my life better though, would be to have a hole in my head for <laughs> imbibing beverages. You don't have to open your mouth for, for to take a drink. <laughs> no, on the top though. Yeah. I can put a plant in there when I'm Well, that way you can keep on up. chatting up B. Arthur while you're having a That's while you're you drinking. Know. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I mean, that, that whole sequence where, you know, it's all like a, a gag. One gag is, is, is it takes forever to get to a point where, oh, he just misunderstood the nice thing she says to everybody as they leave. And that he took as an advance, but there is no way people are just like locked in to find out how that's going to, and it is insane how there is like no editing whatsoever to sharpen this thing up. 
it is it's like it's as if it's like if you get a guy who does variety shows and he's probably used to doing live variety shows there's a lot of applause breaks whether they're real or manufactured and he right. feels like he's doing that throughout the whole thing well i mean we'll just let this diane carroll thing just sort of hang out there for a second because i'm sure the crowd at this point is going to be like Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> GM was like, listen, we've booked it for two hours with commercials, and it better be that long. That's right. That's basically what it was. I wouldn't be surprised if you were to tell me, like, three-fourths three of this, they did one take. That that was it. They did one take. They, mm-hmm. had, they had a budget for one take. Oh, for and sure. Then- Our Carney uses the phrase thingamabob or whatever when describing something. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I would watch a show if you just took the little segments of this, the little vignettes and explode them into like a 10 episode series. I want to see B. Arthur's, you know, business and tattooing. I, I, I would love to hang out with Art Carney in his radio shack. I just want to see what kind of antics ensue around the Wookiee family. The Wookiee family, I'm not all that interested in. Mm. Well, well, I, I, I think saying, could, go ahead, Steve. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say after seeing what uh, what Grandpa does in his spare time, I now know why he goes by Itchy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would also watch uh, a, a, a movie in the style of the Joker movie of Lumpy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With a, he's got to have the heavy face makeup on too. And he ends the up. They have a talk show, and he ends up blasting the host because he he just has had enough of people making fun of his veneers just just taking out harvey corman a lot of those (laughs) those 70s era childhood actors didn't make it out unscathed there there was a lot of drug and alcohol problems that well lumpy among them i I heard lumpy was in the trunk of hamill's car (laughs) oh no Do we know who plays Lumpy? Did, was I think the Wikipedia the, has it. I think the Wikipedia has it. Uh, yeah, I, think it I think it was Fred Savage. <laughs> <laughs> Patty Maloney. It was a woman. Uh, We've been misgendering Lumpy the entire time. Oh, yep. no. <laughs> oh, great. Yep. Uh, American just actors. like the Star Wars holiday special, we will be canceled. <laughs> she was on a lot. Donnie and Marie... Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Mm. Uh, was she Twiggy? Rhoda. She was in Ernest Saves Christmas. There you go. That is a career highlight. My no, God. this is the career highlight. A lot of this stuff. Is this was one. her start. This was her starting. She was in Swing Shift, uh, directed by Ron Howard. She was in the Lord of the Rings animated movie. Voice. Yeah. Wow, look at that. Oh. As voice. Yeah. <laughs> Great. A, a distinguished career. All right, guys. I think we've squeezed quite a bit out of this. Um, <laughs> Can we do it again next year? We'll no. do it every year. Every, every, year every life day. day. Every life day. Yeah, every life November day, seven, sure. November 17th. <laughs> all right, uh, folks. We're going to leave you with this. And I just want to say happy life day to all of you. I wouldn't have celebrated it any differently. <laughs> Happy life to those who celebrate. Just one more round, friend. Then a homeward bound, friend. Don't forget me in your dreams. 
Steve, you had a little crush on the Earth. Just one, one more song. Um, no. And then so long, friend. <laughs> no. But you did. Well, if you didn't before this. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I mean, she does have a way. Yes, it's a crime, friend. A voice like an SOS. I thought you were a big fan of Golden Girls. I was a fan, but not, um, not like sexually so. I mean, you could just have her pour beer into your head holes. Well, now that you say that. (laughs) All right. Good night, fellas. Happy Life Day. Happy Life Day. Okay, well, I hope that was as fun to listen to as it was fun to record. And I do apologize if you did watch the holiday special and those 90 minutes, I just can't give them back to you. But hopefully this podcast makes up for a little bit of your suffering. Anyway, uh, I hope you had fun. Uh, as always, we like to give a shout out to our Patreon lore masters for their subscriptions. Before I do that shout out, just a reminder to check out Wool Shift Dust and Properly Howard Movie Review, two of our affiliate podcasts. Make sure to go check them out and give a subscription and a rating and review if you like what they're doing. Other than that, to our Patreon lore masters, Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H., Michael G., Michelle E., David W., Brian P., Nick W., SC, Peter O. H., Bettina W., Adam S., Nancy M., Lavinia T., Duve 71, Brian 8063, Frederick H., Sarah L., Gareth C., Eric F., Matthew M., Sarah M., DJ Miwa, Andra B., Kwong Yu, Laura G., Deadeye Jedi Bob, Nathan T, Alex V, Aaron T, Sub-Zero, Aaron K, and last but never least, Adrian. Thank you all for your ongoing support to help keep uh, the podcast rolling, to help us take care of all of our co-hosts. Thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers, and thanks to everyone who listens. We appreciate you. Even if you're not able to uh, subscribe to Patreon, um, we just appreciate that you're participating and listening in. All right, until next time, we'll be seeing you. The Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. And connect with us on Twitter at The Lorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening. A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the fourth be with you all, all month and beyond.